Amen. All right. Ready for the what? Sure about that? All right. All somebody says, let's say this together. Our Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we receive revelation that is found in Christ alone. There is no confusion. There is no contradictions in this atmosphere. We see Jesus as we see ourselves in him. Your name alone is glorified as we are edified. Amen. All right. Let's start, let's start a series this evening. Uh, Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Let's start a series this evening on the supernatural every day. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor say the supernatural every day. All right. Let's look at that. We're going to take us some while on this series because I, I want to build quite a lot of foundations, but we'll get there. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. In verse 19, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. In verse 20, it says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So many of us see the supernatural part of Christianity as something that occurs occasionally. I'm coming back to my text, but I just need to say this to you, because many of us see the supernatural part of Christianity as something that occurs occasionally. And it ought not to be like that. A lot of people believe that the supernatural part of Christianity ought to be done uh, maybe by the pastors, the preachers, and um, the, the, you just feel like uh, it's not for everybody. But uh, you, you, might get, you might get some things wrong. In Matthew 28, in verse 18, it says, And all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. When he says, teach all nations there, he says in verse 20, and as he's teaching them, to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So when he says teach all nations, the word teach all nations there is from the Greek word mathethes in the Greek, and it means uh, make people students, make people students, make them learners. So when Jesus was speaking to his disciples, his disciples here, Upon the resurrection, he was telling them, make men students of the word. So a matetis means a pupil, a learner. So that means they will be student of what? They will be a student of the scriptures. Now, if he was to make people, uh, if, 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 if Jesus was talking about his profession, I believe we will all be students of carpentry. Right? That's his profession in the scriptures. I don't know if you know that. Jesus was a carpenter. I mean, Jesus wasn't a doctor. For those of you that are trying to be doctors, so I, feel, I believe you are probably studying the wrong thing. <laughs> Jesus wasn't a nurse. For those of you that are trying to be nurses, Sabi, uh, you're probably going to hellfire for studying that. <laughs> but I believe those who, those who are studying uh, social sciences, they are going to heaven because uh, Jesus studied something like that. 
I'm just joking. <laughs> but those that are going to, those that are, imagine you're, you're, you're studying engineering. Imagine, engineering. You're going to air fire. Oh, I'm just joking. <laughs> anyway, Jesus was a carpenter, right? So he wasn't, so if he was to make students of something, if he was to be, if he was talking about his profession, he was going to be make students of uh, carpentry, right? Make students of, I mean, some people are studying cybersecurity or computer science. What, what the hell is that? Jesus doesn't even understand that there was anything called computer in his days. Jesus never saw it. So that means it's fire. There was no computer in Jesus' days. So I wonder why some people are still. I'm just joking. No? <laughs> I'm just joking. All right. So if it was about his profession, all believers will be carpenters. So it wasn't about his profession. So when he says, Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Now there's something you must understand in the Jewish custom. When a child is about six, seven years, he is put under a trainer. And that's why the word rabbi came from. He's put under a trainer to learn the Torah. The Torah is the first five books of the Old Testament. That is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So they are put under a learner or put under a trainer to learn it, to learn the Torah. So by the time they are about 12 years old, they should have known the Torah by heart. So when you find Jesus in the scriptures um, sitting, when the Bible says it was at the age of 12, sitting at the feet and asking questions uh, among the doctors of the law, that's because their custom accommodated it. I think even in the Muslim culture, they still do some stuff like that, where when they are younger, they take them to like uh, a church school, or not me church school, a mosque, and... Uh, they, they learn the Torah, they learn, uh, no, not Torah, they learn their, their, their whatever. I'm not a Muslim, so I, I, I don't want to know what is it, what, is it, what they are learning. <laughs> so, uh, so, so that way, they quote it by heart. So that, that's why I'm, I'm very particular about young people, especially children or young people, because it seems like we're, we are feeding them with the wrong thing. Uh, you see a lot of children come to church and they are giving them an iPad to, to play games, all in the name of just because you are not yet grown, uh, just hold on to that iPad and just be playing games. That's wrong. Jesus never had something like that to do. I tell people, I say, I started the ministry at a young age. So imagine if, I, if all I was learning or doing as a, as, a, as a teenager or as a child was playing iPad in church, I probably won't be, won't be a preacher today. I, I mean, because uh, from a young age, I've been learning uh, Bible, I've been doing Bible quizzes, I've been, uh, I've been, I didn't know how to read. Uh, my mother, we, I, I remember my mother used to flog us for not knowing um, Psalm 91. I remember she would tell us, recite Psalm 91, I would be like, uh, either joy to the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, I will see of the Lord, is my refuge and fortune, my God, in whom I will trust, surely he shall deliver me She said, what do you say? Surely he shall deliver me What do you say? Say it again. I know if you know African mothers don't joke, man. <laughs> if you do that, you're in trouble. So, I would read it to another point. There's a point I still don't know it still today. 
even though I've read that point over and over and over, anytime I get to that point in that Psalm 91, I flop. When in that sense saying, my God, he knew will I trust. Um, he now says, uh, let you dash your foot against so that From that part, my head does not know it again. Because <laughs> the next thing I'm thinking of is how they are about to slap me. Or how they are about to <laughs> do something with me <laughs> because you did not do it. So, but you see children today, uh, then you're, you know, I read something on Twitter this evening and somebody said, I think it was on WhatsApp slide. Somebody said, we, we feed a lot of young people with so many entertainment and so many fun stuff and we are wondering why their character is the way it is. And, and that got me thinking and I felt, wow, you know, imagine young people are fed with God's word. Young people are fed with a knowledge of God's word. We won't have... You know, I saw something on, uh, online today, a, a, a young person slapping the teacher. I, imagine, I, I can't imagine it. I, I remember when I was in primary four, primary four is like elementary school, I called my teacher a monkey, you know. <laughs> you know, I, my mom, my, my mom, the teacher, everybody, they beat the hell out of me. You know what they say, beat? I, I don't know how to explain it in the American culture. Do they beat people in the American culture? Did they beat you? Did, did they beat you? Did they? Uh, did they beat you? Oh, your dad is. Did they beat you? You never spank with cane? Wow, like tree, like sticks. Never? Whoa! Were you flogged? With belts? Ah, I like that. That's, that's, that must be an African mother. Oh, Africa. <laughs> Once, and that's it. Okay, that's, so this, yeah, my, my mother doesn't, my mother's highs is the highs of Jesus, you know. Yeah. It's just, you know, I don't know if you know those things of, there's something that we used to do when we were much younger. So they used to tell us, don't collect food from outside, and if you collect food from outside, you're in trouble. Um, so there was this day, uh, favor, I mean, I, I will never forget this day. This was primary four, I will never forget we have favor, we went to somebody's house. The person is not related to us. It's like, it's like a friend friend's house. And we are not supposed to eat there. And the culture in our house is that you should not eat when you go outside. Or else you are in trouble. Hmm. Then we took favor there. We took everybody there. Favor said, I want favor. I said, People were still very small then. It was very short, very you know when it was always short. Basically, it sort of looked like a devil anyway. Then I hated that I felt like this one, God, the devil created this one. This one is not God creation. <laughs> but anyway, now she's at the bar. You can look at her so, so you can know what she's what I'm saying. <laughs> so she 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 went. I I told her very. I said don't eat. She said ah, trust me. She said trust me. I will not. I'm not going to eat their food. So I said, no problem. So when we got to the place, uh, they just offered a, I don't know how to call it, cassava flour. That's amala in Nigeria language. So it's cassava flour to you people. But let me just explain it in the normal American language. Fufu. Because everything that has a muscle in America, everybody calls it fufu. <laughs> now, but that's cassava flour. They just offered her that with one good soup. She just said, Favor, come and eat. Favor was sitting beside me. 
People just ran. I was like, I couldn't even, <laughs> I couldn't even drag her hand. Like, don't go. She ran. Then she was eating the food and pointing to me and saying, "Would you come and eat? <laughs> this thing is so sweet. <laughs> Would you come and eat?" Now I said, I used all my eyes. You know where they say someone is using eyes, use everything to look at her. People did not. People saw the eyes and was like, I'm determined. <laughs> Whatever is the consequence of this thing, I'm determined to eat this food. So when we got home, I already planned how I was going to tell my mother. Even, this, even what she did not do, I planned to put more pepper on it just so that my mother would deal with her. My mother said, so you did this? Ah, when they, when they flogged her, when they flogged her, I was so happy. Like, yes, finally. Ah, at least I have justice for this. <laughs> Anyway, back to what I was saying. How did I get here? Sorry, I'm backsliding now. Take me back to the faith. Yeah. How did I get here? Uh, young people, yeah. Young people are not being fed with God's word. Now, look at Jesus. The Bible says he grew up with wisdom, knowledge, and a stature with God and man. So, he grew with the knowledge of the scriptures. But a lot of us, these days, we don't even have enough understanding of God's word. Because young people only learn what you teach them. I tell people, I say, see, young people only learn what you teach them. If you teach them movies, they are going to grow up loving movies. If you teach them, ah, uh, if you teach them games, Fortnite, ah, uh, whatever it is, they are going to grow up loving it. Young people only learn what you teach them. So I believe we, we need to re, if you have younger ones, if you have, um, People maybe, we really need to re-educate the younger generation with the knowledge of the scriptures. Because it is very key. And that's why you will find the Jews, are, they, they are very astute with the Torah. Even in Jesus' custom, they are very astute with it. Because that is part and parcel of their culture. But you know, that's a very good culture we can adopt even as Christians, uh, where I, I don't believe... Personally, I don't believe in our church we're going to have anything called youth ministry. We're never going to do that. We can have children in church just because, okay, we're going to simplify things for, for younger people to, to learn God's word. But as soon as they are growing to a state, they should hear what everybody is hearing. The word of God is for everybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So back to what we're saying in Matthew 28. It says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. So that's make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. So you can't be a follower of Christ without the ministry of Christ. You can't be a follower of Christ without the ministry of Christ because for you to be a follower of Christ, it means you have the ministry of Christ. It means you are a learner. You are a student. You are following well. And that's a follower. So when he says teaching them, so you can't, you can't make disciples, you can't teach people from what you are not learning from. So for you to be a follower of Christ, you have to have the ministry of Christ. You have to have a ministry consciousness. So Jesus' life was preaching and teaching. So a lot of us say, I want to be like Jesus always in my life. See, if you want to be like Jesus, you must be ready to do the ministry of Jesus. 
Jesus went about doing good, preaching the gospel. Are you preaching the gospel if you want to be like Jesus? Are you praying if you want to be like Jesus? Are you teaching men, raising disciples if you want to be like Jesus? So for you to be like Jesus, you must be or have the ministry of Christ. You can't be like Jesus without service. So when he says make disciples, the word make disciples means train servants. If you want to be like Jesus, do you have the 12 disciples you are raising? Do you have men who are listening to you? Who, are, who you are teaching God's word? Who, you are, who is responsible for you in God's word? So you must have those things. So you can't be like Jesus without the service of Jesus. So if you are a Christian, how are you following Jesus? That's a question you must ask. If I were you, if I was writing down, I'll put that as an historic in my notes. If I'm a Christian, now that I'm a Christian, how am I following Jesus? How am I following Christ? Am I preaching the gospel? Am I winning souls? Am I making disciples? Because when you see Christians not in the ministry, you are seeing irresponsible Christians. I'm sorry to say that. A Christian who is not responsible in the work of ministry, ministry involves preaching and teaching the gospel, he is an irresponsible Christian. How do you grow spiritually? You grow spiritually by preaching, by teaching, by making sure that the word of God which is preached to you, which is taught to you, is made available to others. You learn to share your faith with others. You learn to make others responsible for the gospel. You, that is how to grow up spiritually. So there is no way the word of God will grow in your life without a sense of ministry. Tell your neighbor, say, there is no way the word of God will grow in your life without a sense of ministry. There's no way. There's no way the word of God is going to have a full place in your life without a sense of ministry. A lot of us want to grow. How many of you want to grow spiritually? Right? You want to grow spiritually? Yeah. So now, the question is, what are you doing? Are you teaching the gospel? Are you responsible for, for the gospel? Are you raising men in the gospel? Are you preaching the gospel? That is what Jesus was doing. So a lot of us want to be like Jesus, right? Right? Everybody want to be like Jesus. We sing that song. I want to be like Jesus always in my life. If you want to be like Jesus, you must have the consciousness of ministry in your mind. And what is ministry? Preaching and teaching the gospel. So there is no way the word of God will grow in your life without a sense of ministry. So when the church begins to give you side attractions, something is wrong. Let's say you come to church now, and instead of us feeding you the word, we are having a party. We just, you know, I remember I, I went to a church some, some years ago. I took a friend. I was supposedly supposed to be teaching the guy. He was supposedly supposed to be a disciple. And I took the guy to a church. And as we got to the church, he, they just shared the word for like 10 minutes. I mean, we just had like a chit chat on the word. Guys, watch, watch something. We, we, we had like a chit chat for 10 minutes on God's word. 10, 15, 20 minutes. We were done. We prayed and we we're over. Now, guys, if the, the meeting was supposed to start at 7 and end at 9, we had 20 minutes from 7 to 7.20. Or roughly, I think, about 7.30, we just studied the word and prayed. Imagine, we studied the word and prayed for about 30 minutes. 
Then the remaining one hour, 30 minutes, guess what we were doing? We are playing games. Somebody said, that's a good church. No, that's not a good church. Church is for the word of God. There are game centers we can use to play games. There are game centers we can use to play games. There are cinemas. That's their purpose. There is a, what they call this place, uh, 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 Dave and Busters. You can go there and have a good time. Spend your money, have a good time, but not in the church. Church is for God's word. Church is for the learning and training of God's word. But you know what a lot of people, I, and the guy that I took with me, the guy said, wow, I'm going to be coming here every Sunday. I said, no, we can't come here every Sunday. He said, this is, I found the church. I said, that can't be the church. When a church gives you a side attraction, they are about to deceive you. When the ministry of Jesus, look at, now, imagine, now, let me ask you a question. Imagine in Paul's church, there's a, there's a, there's, there's a disco center there, there is a game center there, there is something there. Just imagine in Paul's church. <laughs> I feel like he's going to write another letter and say, oh ye supernatural people. Who has bewitched you <laughs> that ye should have been falling short of the grace of God? You know, that is not what the church is all about. The church is about the ministry of the word and prayer. That is why you see a lot of people having misplaced priorities. Then you see a lot of Christians not growing in their faith. They kind of answer questions. Don't worry, this summer... This, this coming summer, we're going to have a lot of study on God's word. Hallelujah. We're going to do a series on answering perplexing questions. Perplexing questions like, um, what does the scripture say about homosexuality? What does the scripture say about alcohol? What does the scripture say about a lot of things? We're going to answer, we're going to answer perplexing questions. We're going to study things around the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to have this coming Saturday, we're having a Bible seminar. We're going to be studying baptism and holy communion. Hallelujah. Just so that you are filled with the knowledge of God's word. You have to know God's word. So that when people ask you questions, you can be able to answer. Imagine somebody asking you questions about your faith. I remember I watched a YouTube video one time and a Muslim came to ask one guy a question. Supposedly a Christian, a question. And the guy said, uh, I don't know the answer. And the Muslim said, and you call yourself a Christian. How can't you know the answer to this question in the Bible? And the guy said, um... So the Muslim said, what if I convince you that this is not true? Would you follow my religion? And he said, well, show me that it's not true. And the guy just said certain things, said certain things, walking through some, give him some mysterious text in the scripture. And the guy said, wow, now I don't think they, I believe there is God anymore. What? You know, things like that will happen. Because people are not well fed God's word. People are not fed God's word well. Tell your neighbor, say the church... You don't sound like you mean it. It's for God's word. The church is for God's word. So, Matthew 28, verse 20, it says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Before we get there, so we said, it says, Teaching them to make disciples, martyrs. 
So the responsibility of a Christian is that he is growing, right? Is that he is raising disciples. Is that he is teaching men the gospel. Your responsibility as Christian means that you are teaching men the gospel. You are growing. You are responsible for the growth of others. Your, your responsibility as Christians is that in a Tuesday service like this, you bring people you are teaching God's word to come and learn God's word also. You ensure that you are growing as Christians. That is how to be like Jesus. That is how to be a follower of Jesus. Is that you are responsible for the cause of the gospel. You are responsible for the cause of the ministry. You are responsible for the good and salvation of others. That is how to be a responsible Christian. So in verse 20 it says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. When it says, lo, I am with you always. Now, if you read this text, when it says, lo, I am with you always, physically he is not here, right? Right? Imagine, you know, he even said this, when he was about to leave them physically. He told them, he says, I am with you always, and he was about going. <laughs> so that's to let you know, this is not an imaginary fact. The words that he said was not an imaginary fact. The word that he said was not a guesswork. The words that he said are very true. He says, I am with you always even to the end of the world. So when he says, I am with you always, he was supernaturally speaking. He says, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. So meaning, God is with me always. I don't know about you, but God is with me always. He's with me always. Even when I'm eating, he's with me. Even when I'm sleeping, he's with me. He is with me always. His word is true. His word is not imaginary. And he says, always to the very end. And this is descriptive of God's marriage to us. When he says, two shall become one, the father shall cleave his mother, he was explaining his marriage to us. How that he is going to dwell in us. He is now with you. So meaning, when he said this statement, you know, somebody can accuse you and say, Jesus said this statement and he left the earth physically, right? People will say, oh, he said, and lo, I am with you always, but he's not physically with you. When he says, I am with you always, he was saying that he is with you. And he was speaking supernaturally. How many of you know Jesus will not lie? I don't know if you know that. It says God will not lie to us, right? So when he says, I am with you always, hope you know that's not a lie. It's a fact. It's true. There is something you must understand as Christians is that God is with you. You don't have to see him. He says he is with you. That word low, look at it. He says low. That word low means beyond, see. That's the word see. It means see. I am with you always. So that means as you go about teaching the gospel, preaching the gospel, raising men for Jesus, going to Walmart, going to Target, going to Chile, going everywhere, preaching the gospel, 
He says, I am with you. See, I am with you always. Even to the very end. This is God's commitment in his marriage to us. Even in death, God's presence is with us. That is why we say somebody is dead, but we are still seeing the person physically. I don't know if you know, when we say somebody is dead, we're still seeing the body. I thought if he's dead, we should not see his body. <laughs> now, look at something. The absolute fact of Christianity is that the Savior is with us. The Savior is with us. And he's not in us physically. That's why a lot of people make certain mistakes. A lot of us want to see it, we want to see it physically, we want to see it physically. No. He is with us in the Spirit. He is with us in the Spirit. So what makes you you is not your physical body. What makes you you is not your physical body. It's the fact that you are a spiritual being. Man is a spirit being. That is why, how many of you know, you can be having a bad day. And just a text from somebody can make your day good. I don't you know that. You can just be having, you can just not be feeling it, right? You just, just, you can just not be happy when just a text from somebody can just share you up. What do you think that is? And I don't even know just a phone call from somebody can just switch off your entire mood. I don't even know. Just, you can just get off a phone call and... You are bubbling before, you're happy, you're lively, and zoom, you're just out of it. You're like, wow, you're just quiet. Like, I don't know what else to do again. You're just, you're just, you're just thinking like, wow. That's to tell you, man is spiritual. Man is a spiritual being. So that means there is something beyond our physical eyes. There is something beyond our physical component. There is something beyond our physical makeup. And that is the fact that we are a spirit. Man is a spirit. Yes, you can talk physically. You can see physically. You can hear physically. You can walk physically. But beyond that, there is something that controls you and that is spirit. That is that you are spiritual. Man is a spiritual being. Tell your neighbor, say, man is a spiritual being. So seeing a person physically is not seeing a person thoroughly. Look at 1 Peter 3 verse 4. Look how happy that described this in 1 Peter 3 verse 4. 1 Peter 3 4. Are you enjoying this this evening? Yes. Don't worry. We're just building a foundation. And uh, we're going to be on this for a while. Look at it. It's in 1 Peter 3 verse Let's start from verse 3. 1 Peter 3, 3. I'll wait for you. Are you there? It says, Whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of the plaything of the ear and wearing of gold or of putting on an apparel. In verse 4 it says, But let it be the eating man of the heart, in that is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, which is the sight of God of great price. 
In verse 4, he says, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. So that means there is something beyond your physical being. And that is the fact that you are a spirit. So there is a hidden man of the heart. So when we say the spirit, we are saying the unseen part of you. Are you getting this now? So when we say the spirit now, we are saying the unseen part of you. So when we say, so when Jesus says, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. What is he talking about? Can can we say he is with your spirit always? Right? Can we say that? That means you just have to see, right? You just have to come to the knowledge that he is with you. So meaning, is he with you physically now? Who is with you physically? I think I'm the one now, right? <laughs> I'm the one preaching to you physically now, right? Okay, cool. Now, so but if we say, is in your spirit, right? You know, when it says, when two or more people are gathered in his name, there he, he says, I am there in their midst. Can you see him in the midst? No, but can we say, in the spirit is there? Because there is something beyond the physical, right? Right, guys? Right? Good. So that shows in Matthew 28, verse 20, it says, Lo, I am with you always. Meaning, see it, guys. See, I am with you always. There is something and a consciousness I want to drive home to you. God is with you always. I don't know about you, but God is with me always. As I'm driving, he's with me. As I'm walking, he's with me. As I'm, as I'm even in the toilet, he's with me. As I'm sleeping, he's with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's with me always. Glory to God. You know, the fact of our salvation is that he can never, in Hebrews 13, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. Let's go there. Let's go there. Let's go and see it. Matthew 13. Uh, Hebrews 13. Let's go to Hebrews 13. Let's see there. Hebrews 13. He says, He has said, so that we may boldly say, Oh, God. Let's go there. Hallelujah. Let's look at Hebrews. Uh, oh. Hebrews uh, 13. Is it, did I say 13? Okay, look at Hebrews 13, verse 5. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Look at what he says. He says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content for such things as ye have, for ye have said. What did he say? Let's read it together. What, did, what has he said? I will never leave thee nor what? Now, guys, look at this. When he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, is it talking about something physical? If it's physical, it means that it's just like Sister Joy here right now. It's like, I won't leave you alone. That's meaning physically, right? I won't leave you alone. I'm just going to be with you everywhere you are going, right? But it says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So he is with us in our spirit. So that shows there is something beyond your physical highs that you can see. And that is the fact that he is with you always. Glory to God. He is with me always. He is with me always. So you must come to the reality that God is with you. 
So you know the beauty about this? In the four Gospels, he walked on the face of the earth. In the four Gospels, we saw him physically. But when he was about leaving the earth physically, he told them, I'm not leaving you. You know, if I was, if I was the one in that crowd, I'd be wondering, you're not leaving us, but you are going. What does that mean? I don't know, I don't know if you thought about that. You, you say you're not leaving us, but you're going. You know, in those times, they could, any small thing that happened, they just easily go, Master, Master, care us not that we perish. Master, Master, don't you see this and that? Master, Master, they just add Jesus on their side and they can easily run to, you know. Now, Jesus now told them, I'm not leaving you. Uh, so, who am I going to talk to now? So, that means I can talk to God the same way Jesus talked, the same way the disciples talked to God physically. I can talk to him right here because I know he's going to hear me. He says he's with me always. Glory to God. You must come to that consciousness. Don't forget we're studying. What did we say? What did we say we're studying again? The supernatural every day. I want you to learn to walk in the supernatural every day. The supernatural every day. Look at in John 14. John 14. Look at John 14. A lot of people have mistaken this text for Jesus building a house somewhere. No, <laughs> they say Jesus wants to build a house somewhere. Jesus wants to go. Okay, no. Look at it. Let's go to John 14. Let's go to John 14. Look at what it says. In John 14 verse 1. It says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so... I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. Now, a lot of people have thought Jesus have gone to heaven to go and be doing construction work. And making sure that your, your, your mansion is big. No. He says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. Now, the big question I ask people is, is there a mansion in a house? Can there be another mansion inside this building? No, you know, nobody's responding. <laughs> no. So what is he saying? When he says, in my father's house, I remember I took a Greek class many years ago, and they explained this. When he says, in my father's house, my father's house there means in my father's dwelling place. In my house there is from the word Oikia. It means dwelling place. In my father's house, there are many mansions. That is, there are many storerooms. Mansion there is from the word Monet. It means there are many storerooms, like inns. He says, I go and prepare a place. That is, upon the resurrection, I prepare a place for you so that where I am, you are there also. And that is in the Spirit. The Father is in the Spirit. We are now in the Spirit with Him. So, where He is, I am there. Glory to God. So, when He says, I will not leave you, because we are in the same place He is. Hallelujah. Because we are in the same place he is. So that shows we are joined together with him. In Ephesians 2 verse 8, it says, We are seated with him together in the heavenly places. 
And that word is from the Greek word sokatizo. It means nothing can take us away from him. Glory to God. Nothing can take us away from him. So we are joined with him. We are joined as with him. So he says, where I am, you will be also. So upon the resurrection, the man who has believed the gospel is in the same place where the father is. I am in the father's house. I'm in my father's house. So where he is, I am. Where I am, he is. So he will never leave me nor forsake me. So he says, see. So the Savior is with me. I'm saying it because it's a reality. I'm not saying it because, oh, I'm, I'm wishing it. I'm not saying it because I'm trying to think about it. I'm not saying it because I'm imagining it. I'm not saying it because I, I, it's a wishful thinking. No, it's a fact. The Father is with you. God is with you. He's not in an archive. Is not in a bottle of oil. No, it's not in candles. It's not in. It's not. It's not. It's not in. In. Uh, it's not in things. He is in you. So you can look at yourself and be like, "Wow, I am God's dwelling place." He says, "I'm the temple of God." In First Corinthians six, he says, "Don't you know that you are the temple of God? The temple of God means you are where God dwells. God dwells in you." Hallelujah. God dwells in me. God dwells in me. You know, you can wake up every early in the morning and just tell yourself, wow. <laughs> you know, you just wake up in the morning and just be like, wow. I actually house God. <laughs> Glory to God. You wake up in the morning and just be like, wow. God doesn't have anywhere to live again in this world. He found me to live in. Wow. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God lives in me. God lives in me. That's why it's called Yahweh in the Hebrew translation. When you read the Old Testament, the word Yahweh is called Yahweh. Yahweh means I am with you. That's why it says I am that I am. I will be with you always. I am with you. I am with you is the Hebrew translation for the word Yahweh. I am with you. That's why I will tell you fear not. I am with you. I am with you always. I am with you always. So he said, Lo, I am with you always. That word low means see it. So, brethren, I want you to see it. See this reality. See this fact that God is with you always. God is with you always. He is not sleeping, He's not taking a nap. Is <laughs> not is not taking a break. Is not having a tea break or lunch break. He is with you always. So when I look around me, I see God with me always. As I'm preaching, I see that God is with me. As I'm going about my daily activities, God is with me. As I'm at my workplace, God is with me. As I'm in my school, God is with me. As I'm doing whatever I'm doing, God is with me. Always learn to feed on that fact that God is with me. It says, I know I am with you always, even to the end of the world. So he's with us. 
And that is one absolute fact of Christianity. He is with us in the spirit. He is with us in the spirit. So that means I am supernatural. That means the Christian life is supernatural. That means the Christian life is supernatural. Because he is with us. Now, see, now look at this. It, it, physically, we can see him, right? But he's with us. We can see him in the eyes of the Spirit. So that means the Christian life is supernatural. The Christian life is supernatural. You can't fear evil because you are supernatural. Does God fear evil? No. It tramples upon evil. I don't fear evil. A lot of people are too conscious of the power of the devil. Some people are too conscious of the power of the devil. Some people believe that, oh, hey, uh, the devil is just out there trying to, trying to deal with them, trying to make them miserable, trying to, you know, just so many weird stuff. He is with me always. I don't know about you. But he's with me always. I feed on that fact. Sometimes you see even just an ordinary dream making a Christian scared. Ordinary dream. They wake up and they're just so fearful. They're just so fearful. They're just, they're just so scared. They're like, I just saw a dream. I just saw this. And they're crying. And they're shivering. Oh, uh, yeah, I just saw this dream. I'm like, He's with me always. He's with me always. So you have to feed a lot on the fact that Christ is with you. I am untouchable for the devil. Glory to God. I am untouchable for the devil. Sickness has no place with me. He is with me. I am in the Father's house. I am in his dwelling place. He is with me. My life is supernatural. I don't know about you, but my life is supernatural. I'm in the Father's house. I'm in his dwelling place. I'm in his sacred place. He says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I am in the secret place of the Most High because I'm born again. Glory to God. I'm in the, I'm in the secret place of the Most High. I am abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. I will see of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in whom will I trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the enemy. Yes, because he is with me. He is with me. No evil can touch me. I'm untouchable for the devil. When we heal the sick, some people were scared. Say, when you heal the sick, that sin is going to bounce back on you. No, that's the thought of the devil. Nothing is bouncing back on you. No. So we say, oh, hey, you know, hey. so, so, some people are scared. Like, huh. is it not because I, I casted out that demon yesterday? This demon is not coming back. No, I'm untouchable for the devil. I'm untouchable for the devil. You must feed your mind without consciousness. You must learn to feed your mind without consciousness. This is called the supernatural every day. Or living supernaturally every day. You must learn to live without consciousness that I'm untouchable for the devil. I'm untouchable for the devil. I was born into a supernatural family. 
And I have a supernatural life. I was born. You must make this a consciousness. That you are now in a supernatural family. Can anything. Can, can the devil touch God? No. And he says he's with me. He's with me means. The devil is scared of me. Glory to God. The devil is scared of me. Demons are scared of me. When I go into a place, demons tremble. Why? Because he's with me. He's walking with me. He's moving with me. Hallelujah. He's living with me. Feed on this fact consistently. Learn to feed on this fact consistently. The first question you must ask yourself, what comes out of your mind first? Fear or faith? What comes out of your mind first? Fear or faith? Many of you are just too fearful. Too fearful. Too fear. Some people are just scared of the unknown. Just like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, good things are going to happen. Glory to God. I don't know about you. Good things are happening to me tomorrow. I'm not scared of tomorrow because the world, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will walk into tomorrow good. I will walk into tomorrow successful. I will walk into tomorrow prosperous. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I fear no evil. For that with me, that rot and that staff, they comfort me. That prepared the table before me in the presence of thy enemy. That anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, <laughs> the goodness of God. You know, see, those, those facts, you must learn to feed on it. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall be in the house of the Lord forever because I'm there. Glory to God. You know, David understood this truth. He says, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Why? Because he's with me. Glory to God. He's with me. The supernatural every day. You must feed on these facts. What comes to your mind first? Fear or faith? Oh, I'm scared. I don't know if this is going to work out. Well, I have a good news for you. It's going to work out. He's with you. He's with you. He's going to work out. He's turning out for your good. He's with me. I don't know about you, but he's with me. He's with me. He's with me. Even when I go into the valley low, he's there. David said, if I make my bed in the head, if I make my, I, don't, I, don't, I forgot how the writer of the scripture put it. He said, if I make my bed under the head, if I make my bed upon the head, he said, you are still there. Hallelujah. He's with me. He says, lo, I am with you always. Meaning, see this, behold it, take it as a fact. I am with you always. Always, always, always means every day, always means every minute, always means every hour, always means every second, always means every microseconds. He is there. He is there. He is there. So you must feed on this fact. You must. You must. You must. We are born into a supernatural family. We were born into a supernatural life. So, you must feed on this word every day. 
So it is good to experience the supernatural. Many times when we heal the sick, when we do, when we when we have, how many of you you've had miraculous ah, uh, testimonies? Something miraculous just happened. How many of you? How many of you have had those things happen to you? Something miraculous just happened. You know why those things happen? Because he's there. Because he's there. So it is good to experience the supernatural because it gets you bolder. I remember the first time I healed the sick. I tell people, I say it, I say it often, I say it was just a menstrual pain I healed. But you know what? <laughs> that has made me bolder to heal more sicknesses. And I'm still going to heal more. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Because it gets you bolder. Choose to live supernaturally every day. Choose to live supernaturally every day. Let it, let it start from what you see. What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? Can you build it in God's word? What do you see in the word? You must learn to believe God's word. Above human testimonies. God's word must be real to you. God's word supersede the testimony of men. God's word is more real to us than what men are saying. Look at something. Look at me, guys. See, look at God's word. God said he is with us always. But physically, does he look like he's with us? Right? It doesn't look like it, right? Now, see. Mini, but is it lying? Huh? Is it lying? Now, so meaning is true, right? Now, but you have to feed on the fact or you have to remember that he's in your spirit. That's to tell you God's word is very true. God's word is very true. It supersedes the experiences of men. You see men telling you, oh, he never walks out in this place. Oh, he never walks out in this place. Oh, he never... No. You tell them, no, I'm here. It has to work out. It has to work out now that I'm here. So behold it in his word. Watch what you listen to. What do you listen to? A lot of Christians feed their minds on drugs. What do you listen to? I remember I was watching a movie one time and somebody was doing something with voodoo and everything and they were just saying, it's like saying, they were mocking, it was a movie, and they were just mocking um, preachers and say, oh, these preachers, they don't have power, they can't do this and that. Then I said, oh, see, we can use voodoo to do this. I don't know. I was just watching it, and I don't know. Unconsciously, I just spoke out and said, it's not true. And I, I, I just spoke to the TV and said, it's not true. God's word is true. I believe in the power of God. The power of God works. I just kept speaking. I just kept speaking. I will never allow that contradict my mind. I believe in the power of God. Voodoo will never work. It never works. Never. Watch what you hear. I remember during the pandemic, a lot of people, a lot of people kept feeding on, on the, they kept checking the millions of deaths that were going on. You know, CNN was updating uh, in the side of CNN, you will see one million people dead. 
some people have the COVID. Uh, and some people, that's what they are feeding on every day. Instead of that, why not feed on healing? Why not feed your mind on the good side? Why feed on the negative? You know, people who have fed their mind so much on those things, when you talk about the healing power of God, they will be like, huh. They will remember one million people died. They will remember one million people with COVID. They will say, I don't think it's true. Are you seeing where the problem comes from? <laughs> Watch what you listen to. Watch what you listen to. Watch what you watch. Don't strengthen fear in your life. Don't. Feed your faith. Learn to feed your faith. Don't strengthen fear in your life. Some people watch things that make them so fearful. They listen to things that makes them so fearful. They listen to things that make them doubt the power of God. I don't watch things that make me... Once I start seeing things like this and I know the end journey like this is going to make me feel the power of God, doubt the power of God, I take it away. <laughs> Not me. It's too late, man. And once I watch something and they're speaking something, I start speaking back. I say, no, no, it doesn't work here. No. I remember, see, unconsciously, I remember I was watching a movie and they were, they were just insulting somebody and say, you are mad. You are this. You are that. I just said, no, I'm not mad. I, I know it's not me they were talking to, but I just kept saying, no, I'm not mad. No. I, I just kept speaking to myself. <laughs> we live in a supernatural world. Hallelujah. Watch what you listen to. Don't strain and fear in your life. Feed on faith. Feed your mind with these realities that God is with you. It says, behold, meaning look at it all the time. Lo, I am with you. See it all the time. How do you, can you imagine? I want you, I want you to take a minute to think. God is with you. Take a minute, guys. Just, I'll give you a minute. Just think, God is with me. I want, you, I want that to change your consciousness. Stop writing. Just think. Think. I'm giving you a minute. Just think about it. God is with me. Imagine. Scan through your entire life. Scan through your entire reality. God is with me. God is with me always. God is with me. As I'm walking, God is with me. As I'm talking, God is with me. As I'm sleeping, God is with me. I can't fear evil because God is with me. No evil can come near my dwelling place because God is with me. No sickness can come near me because God is with me. I can't die untimely because God is with me. I am supernaturally preserved because God is with me. I am walking in divine, in, 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 God's, in God's enablement, in God's favor because God is with me. He says, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. He says, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. You know, there will be times you'll be down, where, where is God? Where is God's face? Where is God in all of these? You know, some people just question God. Man, look at it. He is with you. He is with you. He is with you. Just look inward. He is with you. God's word is true. God's word is true. To live supernaturally every day, you need to feed on God's word every day. 
to live supernaturally every day, you need to feed on God's word every day. If all you do is study the scripture for others, to know it, you study the scripture just to preach, just to teach others, that's not good. You must learn to feed on the word yourself. Eat it yourself. Eat God's word yourself. You don't have to feel it. I am strong inside. I am never, I can never be defeated. He is with me. The greater one is with me. The greater one is with me. Learn to feed on these facts daily. Learn to feed on these facts daily. Put it first place in your heart. Put it first place in your thoughts. Put it first place in your in everything. I remember when I when was much younger, I used to be very shy. I used to be very timid. I, don't, I couldn't preach. I, I, I just couldn't talk properly. I, I didn't even have good speaking. I, I couldn't offer my words clearly. I, I wasn't a good speaker. I couldn't, my speech was very distorted. I, but I knew. I remember my mom told me, said, just pray for boldness. And I told myself, yeah, I'm going to do that. God is with me. Suddenly, suddenly, I just kept preaching, kept preaching. And I just discovered I could actually talk. He is with me. I will never be defeated. The greater one lives inside of me. He says the greater one lives inside of me. You must feed your mind with this consciousness. Look away from your personality. Look away from the fact that you are a choleric, you are a sanguine, you are a, you are a melancholy, you are a sagarious, you are a cancer, you are a Leo, you are a whatever, Capricorn, 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 Libra, Leo, Aquarius, Sagittarius, Sagasis, whatever. Look away from that. That's not your reality. Hallelujah. Your reality is that God lives in you. Glory to God. My reality is that I can never be defeated. My reality is that I'm born of God's word. My reality is that I can do God's word naturally. The reality, my reality is that I live supernaturally every day. My reality is that I have a supernatural life. At 1 verse 8, he says, in that 1 verse 8, he says, he says, they shall be endued with power. He says, you shall receive the Holy Ghost. After that, he shall come. And you shall be witnesses. No, that's not what I'm looking for. I think I'm looking for Luke 24. Luke 24, yes. In verse 49, Luke 24 verse 49. Luke 24 verse 40, they say, And behold, I send you the promise of my Father unto you, but tarry in Jerusalem, until ye be endued with power from on high. He says, you'll be endued with power from on high. you wear it like a garment. you wear the power of God like a garment. You know, Satan has no hold over you. I tell you this, every one of you under the sound of my voice, Satan has no hold over you. See, you're not saying it like you mean it. You're not saying it like you mean it. You're not saying it like you mean it. 
you know, condemnation has no hold over you. You know, condemnation has no hold over you. Guilt has no hold over you. Guilt has no hold over you. What you did yesterday night has no hold over you. Hope you know that. What you did this morning has no hold over you. The greater one lives inside of you. Learn to feed on this reality. <laughs> A lot of people are running from the devil. No, I run at the devil. <laughs> I run at him. He's running from me. <laughs> I live supernaturally every day. So to live supernaturally every day, you feed on God's word. You feed on the word. That's the number one thing. I'm going to be thinking it gradually in this series. The number one thing. You must learn to feed on the word. We'll think the number two next week. You must learn to feed on the word. God's word is real. God's word is real to me. When you are saying things contrary. Play for me as I close. When you are saying things contrary. To the word of God. That's when you shut the door. When you see your words. You see your utterances. You see the things coming out from your heart. You see the things coming from your. You see the things coming from. Within you. You see that those things. Are not matching up. With what the word of God says. Those are the times you shut the door. Those are the times you. You tell yourself, well, it's time to get into the world. You don't need a therapist. No, the therapist also needs God's word. What you need is the word. What you need is God's word. That's when you change your utterances. You listen to tapes. You listen to messages. And you start speaking God's word. Sometimes I just walk around my house and I just start telling myself, I am born of God. He that is born of God overcomes the word. I am born of God. I can do the word naturally. I am born of God. He that is born of God that overcomes the word. I, I am natural. I am supernatural. I live in the supernatural every day. God's word is so real to me. I can never be defeated. Satan has no hold over me. Satan has no hold over me. I am supernatural. I am supernatural. God lives in me. God is walking with me. God is speaking with me. You know, as I'm preaching, God is talking through me. God is talking through me to your heart. God is talking through me to nations of the world. I don't know about you, but God is speaking through me to nations of the world. God is speaking through me. God is walking through me. God is speaking through me. God is walking through me. I know who I am. I am born of the world. I am born of the world. I am born of God's word. I am born of the world. He says, not born of incorruptible seed. Ah, but he says, he says, we are born of God. You must learn to feed on this reality. You must learn to feed on this fact. 
So when you start saying your words, you start uttering different things. You start saying things that don't align with God's word. You know yourself. You know that that is not you. Because what makes you you is beyond the physical eyes. It's beyond your physical makeup. What makes you you is supernatural. What makes you you is supernatural. What makes you you is not what is not your hairstyle. It's not your dressing. It's not your speech. It's not your writing. It's what is within. Is the man is the is the hidden man of the heart. I am supernatural. I am supernatural. What makes me me? What makes me Ayo Benson? Ayo Mide Benson is not it's not this clothes I'm wearing. It's not because I'm black in color. It's not because of my hair. It's not because of my beard. No, it's because I am supernatural. You must learn to feed on this fact that God is with me. God is with me. Don't talk like how the world is talking. When the world is saying, you know, when the world is saying, I remember there's something Michelle Obama said <laughs> one time during the presidential campaign. She said, when they go low, we go high. You know? <laughs> I reckon that and I say, when the world is talking negatively, that is when we, our words, are aligning with God's word. We don't talk like what the word is saying. We speak what the scripture says. We don't live like the world. We act on God's word. Because we are supernatural. So when you are talking supernaturally. You are talking normally. Because the supernatural is real to you. The supernatural is real to me. So to live supernaturally every day. You live on God's word. You eat God's word. How often do you listen to messages? How often do you take time to feed on the consciousness of what God has done in Christ Jesus for you? Or you just listen to the God's word on a Tuesday service, Sunday service, and you're just gone on the day. No! Living supernaturally means you wake up in the morning, you feed on God's word. Before you sleep at night, you feed on God's word. Living supernaturally means you make it a conscious effort. You look at the pages of the scriptures. You feed on a message. The word of God is on repeats. As you are driving, you are hearing the word. You are speaking God's word. You are just learning the truth of the word. That is how to live supernaturally. To live supernaturally is not when you are playing music and you are just saying, Oh, I am supernatural. I am supernatural. No! It means you are conscious of the word. You are conscious of what the word is saying. Say, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I am dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. That is me. 
that is because I'm I'm supernatural. That is because I'm supernatural. I am dwelling in the house of the Lord forever because I'm supernatural. I am supernatural. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He lead me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. Thou be fair at the table before me in the presence of thy enemy. Thou anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over. And surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He said, David was saying, I will dwell in the house. No, I am already dwelling there. I am the, I am the house of the Lord forever. Oh, hero God. So living supernaturally every day means you are conscious of God's word. Ask your friend, how do you listen to God's word? Do you have set of messages, set of words you just want to listen and feed on? Many times when I'm studying God's word, I'm in awe. Sometimes I don't like people around me. Many when I'm reading or studying God's word, because it doesn't make me express enough. Sometimes I can just drop God's word and I'll just be walking around like wow. I'll just be thinking. I'll just lie down, just be thinking like, wow. So this is what the word of God says. Because I don't want to be a preacher that will give you food prepare food for you the food is working for you and I'm not eating the food living supernaturally every day means the number one thing because we're going to speak it gradually in this series how to live supernaturally every day how often do you listen to God's word now I'm going to teach tonight would you still hear God's word before you sleep tonight? Or you, the next time you are going to hear God's word is going to be on a Sunday morning. That's not, if that's how you're going to live your life, that's, you can't live supernaturally. That's, that's, that's natural. That's you living like every other person. Hallelujah. But you are not like the world. It says you are not of the world. It says you have overcome the world. It says my little children have overcome the world says, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If the next time you hear God's word is on a Sunday morning, <laughs> then that's living naturally every day. But if the next time you're going to hear God's word is before you sleep tonight, that's living supernaturally every day. If when you wake up tomorrow morning, in the afternoon, in the evening tomorrow, you're going to make it a conscious effort, to just hear God's word that's living supernaturally every day. Living supernaturally every day. Hallelujah. I believe we are in the days where God was calling us to walk in the supernatural. To be conscious of this supernatural presence. And these are the days. Wherever you are, just worship him this evening. And just thank him. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. Thank you for what's... Thank you for your supernatural life. Lift your hands and just... Where you are seated this evening, just lift your hands and just thank him. Thank you for the supernatural life 
that you have. Oh, we bless you. We bless you. You put your spirit in our heart. You call.